Hey guys, it's me, and I'm back with another episode of My Best Vintage Life. For those of you that are new to the podcast, my name is Bridget Morawski, and I am the creative director of Baz Brothers Unlimited. We are a wholesale vintage clothing company based out of Fresno and Los Angeles, California. This is My Best Vintage Life podcast, your bi-weekly dose of all things vintage. Hello, everyone. How are you? Are you doing well? I hope you are. I hope you're thriving and surviving. That's my new theme. Um, I'm just going to do my normal little intro tidbits here, and then we're going to go right into today's topic. So if you have any questions about the podcast, any concerns, suggestions, and you want to reach out via email, feel free to do so. Admin, A-D-M-I-N, at my best vintage life podcast.com that's admin a-d-m-i-n at my best vintage life podcast.com if you're more into social media i want to reach out that way i am on facebook pinterest and instagram my best vintage life podcast pretty easy to to find me that way um most active on instagram for sure i share a lot of cool content to instagram and instagram stories so even if you don't have any interest in uh, posting on Instagram, you can always make an account and follow along there. I know there's plenty of people that follow me and don't necessarily participate. Now, if you don't have a picture of yourself and you follow me and you're a fan of the podcast, just send me a message and say hi because sometimes I'm not sure <laughs> um, if you're a bot or if you're a real person. I don't really like allowing bots to follow me. I typically block them. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to tell and I don't want to be rude. So just send me a message. Say, hey, I'm so-and-so and I listen to the podcast. And that way I know that you're the real deal. Uh, website. Don't forget to check out our website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Uh, you can sign up there for emails. You can do some shopping. I have some vintage fashion books, some new vintage fashion books I just added to the website, um, as well as some upcycled goods like um, t-shirts, dead stock t-shirts that we did some screen printing on, um, leather hide, recycled leather hide barrettes, some Joan Didion merchandise, my girl Joan. <laughs> and also um, there are some blog posts there that um, I have written in the past. I'm working on some future ones right now. So if you want to check out the website, it's a great place to get more information on me and the podcast. And if you'd rather call in, for example, uh, via phone, you can use uh, my Google voice number. It rings my phone. It's not my real phone number, but it'll ping my phone and I get the voicemail. Or you can text as well. It's 559-365-6743. That's 559 365 six seven four three and if you could take the time to do so i haven't gotten any new reviews in a really long time um, or if all you can spare the time for is a rating that's super helpful you can do so on the apple podcast app if that's where you're listening on your iphone um, however if that's not available to you you can also use pod chaser the website is pod chaser to do so um, that is open to anybody on any platform whether you're on a desktop a cell phone uh, iPad, whatever, anybody, Droid, iPhone, you can leave a review on Podchaser. So I would really, really appreciate that. And um, let's see. Oh, my last thing, obsession at the moment. Well, right now I'm re-watching Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's been about six years uh, since I watched it for the first time. And it's unreal how many things I didn't pick up on the first time around. Um, and I um, have been talking about it with one of my high school friends, kind of just 
analyzing it and giving our opinions on it. So it's been fun. Um, I think historically speaking, in terms of fashion, it's a great show to watch because you see a lot of those early 90s looks for both men and women. Um, So I'm really enjoying it. I'll probably rewatch it one more time at some point in time again, just because it's one of those shows where it's like, oh my God, you miss so many things. It's like Lost. I've only seen Lost one time, and I feel like to really understand Lost, you need to see it at least like three times. But Lost is a commitment. That's like 11 seasons, nine seasons. I can't remember. Twin Peaks, luckily, was two seasons, a movie, and then a reboot. I haven't seen the movie, and I haven't seen the reboot, so... I have a little bit more watching to do there, but um, if you're looking for a quirky, weird vibe show, um, Twin Peaks is where it's at. If you're not into like thinking shows, paranormal shows, then you you probably won't enjoy it. It's, it's different, that's for sure, but I really do enjoy the cast and uh, the storyline, so that's my obsession at the moment, Twin Peaks. Uh, not to be confused with the bar that is similar to Hooters. <laughs> I always forget that that place exists in like uh, middle of America in the Midwest. Um, I saw I saw one once I was eating across the street from one and I was like, what the hell is that? (laughs) This girl came out like scantily clad with food. And then I was like, oh, God, it must be like Hooters, I guess. So, yes, Twin Peaks, the show, not the restaurant. Um, So today's theme for the episode is what's the deal with Deadstock? So there's not a ton to talk about with Deadstock because it is what it is. There's not a ton of facets to me like there is with Vintage. So I kind of wrote down some notes and some talking points. And if obviously, if you have any more questions, I give you many ways to reach out to me. Feel free to do so. Um, but Deadstock to me is old clothing that is unworn. So nobody ever wore it but it's old it has the same age as vintage objects um but it's never been worn it's it might have been touched but it's never been worn by a person now another name that people like to use for dead stock is new old stock so sometimes you'll see it um the acronym nos new old stock which new meaning it's never been worn, not new as in it was just made recently. Um, I did talk to one of my listeners about this because I had posted like kind of a teaser on Instagram that I'd be talking about Deadstock, and I won't say her name to keep her privacy, but she said that she got into an argument uh, with a customer of hers over, she was calling something Deadstock, the person was arguing that it should be called new old stock. To me, it's interchangeable. I don't really see the difference. And if you're going to, it's just like way too nitpicky to me. I, I think you can use those interchangeably. I just prefer to use the word dead stock. Now, I personally don't like when people use the phrase vintage dead stock or dead stock vintage. To me, vintage clothing had a life. It's had a life. It has a story. Somebody's worn it. It's X amount of years old. Whereas um, Deadstock hasn't had that chance. It's been sitting in a box. It's been sitting in a crate. It's been locked up in a store for years. It doesn't have the story that Vintage does. So I don't like to use those two words together. I don't like that combination because I feel like it's just, it's not, they're just not two words to put together. Because to me, they mean two different things. Now you might have an argument on that and that's fine. Art did kind of argue me argue with me on it because he was talking about I guess that 
dead stock can be just as old as vintage. And I said, yes, that's true. I'm not looking at it from like a number standpoint. I'm looking at it from like the thing I love the most about vintage is the history and the stories behind the clothing. And you don't really get that with dead stock because nobody's worn it. It's just been sitting, waiting for somebody to give it that chance. So that's the way I look at it. Um, Probably the two biggest categories where you find dead stock clothing is is t-shirts, number one. Um, And then military, which, you know, is military surplus. You have a lot of military clothing, um, parkas, pants, etc. that never actually get to be worn um, by members of the military. And then people like Art and his brother um, buy those pieces now we do have vintage military as well that has been worn it has been you know overseas it's been in battles it's been worn in different wars um but then there are some that we get that's like it's brand new so uh, i feel like t-shirts and military is where you see the most dead stock um compared to other categories of vintage you do see a good bit of shoes as well um, but we don't deal with shoes as much as we do with with clothing so um, and I think for me, one of the coolest things about dead stock is not always, but for the most part, dead stock typically comes um, with cool tags. It could be a price tag. It could be the, the tag from a store. It could be the brand tag, which are always really cool, especially if there's cool graphics, cool colors, cool fonts. Um, just little snippets to let you know, okay, this is where this came from and occasionally you find something that might be from like the area where you're from like we don't it's not always just California stuff that I find here I might find something from back east that I recognize the tag or the name it's just so cool really for me I love seeing the prices of things you know especially when you look at the quality of whatever the garment is and you're like oh my god I can't believe this is all that it costs but obviously back then that was you know a lot of money but prices on things have increased so um I really, really enjoy seeing the price tags, the store names, and obviously the brand ones as well. You see a lot of kitschy, funny uh, branding, especially, uh, what was one? Art sent me a cool picture the other day from a pair of um, Deadstock Wranglers, and it was like for gals on the go, you know, and the font was like rope, rope lettering, obviously, because Wrangler has such a Western-themed brand. So I really, I really love those tags. Um and collecting them and uh, just, you know, appreciating them for what they are, which to me is is a piece of history. That's more the story of Deadstock. Really, those tags are more of their story, whereas with Vintage, you have the story of the people who have worn the clothing. So I'm going to talk now about some downfalls of Deadstock. It's not all fun and games with Deadstock, unfortunately. There are some pretty big downfalls, um, not with every piece, but sometimes you'll get batches where it's a total loss or half of a loss, um, unfortunately. But that's kind of the gamble of the business that we're in. So um, the first downfall, now I don't necessarily consider this one a downfall, but Art did bring it up to me and I agreed. For some people, it's not attractive, which would be sun fade. So for example, if um, clothing was folded and it sat in a box somewhere where there was access to light or there was a window sun will fade certain parts of the clothes and then when you unfold it you have streaks and lines um i personally don't mind sun fade if it's in 
like a more natural pattern but sometimes if clothing's folded really tight you get like these big lines and it's not as blended and soft as like um a natural a more natural sun fade from like say like a lot of french workwear has beautiful sun fade because it was worn outside for work and the sun did a more overall pattern whereas with the dead stock it's kind of streaky so excuse me depending on how you look at that and what your preferences are it might be a downfall it might be a positive for you but I think a lot of people are kind of not as much into it uh, another thing pins so a lot of dead stock shirts like um, dress shirts for example collared shirts button-ups um, they will have collar pins or um cuff pins you have to be really careful with those because a lot of times they're rusty and it's very easy to stab yourself so if you're buying shirts especially if they're still like in the plastic pack you can safely assume and if they have like a cardboard you know piece holding it all together you can safely assume that they might have pins um so just do a check on those points like the collar the sleeves whatever just to make sure you're not getting tetanus (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's not a bad idea from a medical perspective. As a vintage sorcerer or a vintage seller, have your tetanus shot updated if you haven't had one in a while because there's always a chance you're going to get stabbed by something that you're not expecting. But I'm giving you a heads up for this one. Deadstock frequently has pins and they hurt because I have been stabbed by them. Luckily, the ones I've been stabbed by haven't really been rusty. So, But you do find rusty ones. This was a big one that Art wanted me to talk about, and I think it's definitely true, is dry rot. So a lot of the clothing, the, because the fabrics, it's never washed. It just sits for so long, especially if it's sitting in heat. The fabric just dry rots out. And we see this a lot with black t-shirts where literally you feel kind of like the Hulk. You just touch them and they rip because the, the fabric is just completely shot. There's nothing left. <laughs> It's just like you're ready for just like moths to fly out of it that has that kind of feel. Um, And unfortunately, this happens a lot with black dead stock shirts, but it can happen with other stuff too. So I highly recommend if you're thinking about buying dead stock or buying like lots of dead stock, just do do a check, you know, feel the fabric, stretch it out with your hands, different angles at different seams and make sure that you're not experiencing any kind of dry rot there because we've lost like batches upon batches of t-shirts because of that because you can just like rip them so easily like you don't even have to put any strength into it so always look out for dry rot next would be uh water stains so sometimes um this is specifically like if you're buying something like um, a lot or something from an old store or someplace that's been abandoned for a while if you have a box and like the roof leaks or water gets into the building somehow whatever way water is getting in and it gets into the clothing water stains are really bad and they're really really hard to get out so what i recommend for people who are buying anything with water stains is one of your nice options to to help get rid of those is you could do dye you know a lot of people are getting really into the natural dye process right now and water stains typically have like a brownish reddish uh, tint to them so that's a pretty easy um, thing to cover up so if um water stains or something you're dealing with know that while they aren't easily removed completely they can be covered up with dye also um rust stains you see this a lot with workwear where um 
there's rust from the snaps, rust from the buttons, rust from the zippers. Um, and like I said, kind of just like with water stains, rust stains aren't always the easiest thing to remove. So if you're buying something to dye, once again, not really a big concern. If you're buying something to be pristine, like you're buying a pair of cream colored overalls and or like workwear overalls and you want them to look perfect and there's a rust stain, eh, you might be able to get it out, you might not be able to. More often than not, I am not able to get out rust stains um, and it sucks, but typically that's the stuff we just end up dying and it looks fine. So totally up to you, but be aware of rust stains, especially if there is hardware on the garment um, that is metal and that's been sitting for a long time. Another big one with dead stock is a lot of times it smells um, by no fault of its own. It's just been sitting for a long time. It's not, I mean, think about the way you you have your clothing in your house. For the most part, a lot of your clothes are spaced out on hangers. They're getting air. They're breathing. These clothes aren't breathing. So you get like that moldy, musty kind of like, um, well, not everyone has a basement, but if you've ever been in a basement like that just gets water or floods or whatever. I mean, I can say this about my basement growing up and a lot of basements back on the East Coast. You just have that musty basement smell. And that's a lot of times what dead stock smells like. Now that can typically be alleviated by washing it and just, you know, using, um, I highly recommend not, especially if you're selling vintage to people using an eco-friendly um free and clear type detergent in case someone's allergic but if you want to add some like a few drops of essential oils or something like that or if you're using a natural detergent that has a natural fragrance like a lavender or something like that that can help a lot and even just um you know you might have to wash it twice you might have to after you wash it maybe let it dry outside and get some fresh air but just know that a lot of times with dead stock comes some weird smells um that's perfectly natural and you know can't really blame the clothes for that um and then last but not least in the downfall list a lot of times these these pieces are really stiff um and like I said if it's not if it's not dry rotted it's usually going to be stiff especially like workwear and stuff like that and it can take a long time um to get it to soften up sometimes you wash it once with like a bunch of fabric softener and that doesn't even do the trick um if you have access to a dye house or a dye facility, they might be able to do a stone washing on it, which really gets it to soften up. But that's typically if you have like a bulk buy or if you have a bulk collection that you want to soften up at once. But um, if your washing machine has um, a soaker option, like to soak and let something sit overnight or for a few hours with some fabric softener. Um, once again, if you're using fabric softener, try to use something natural and not like anything that's super super fragrant um, or scented but there's different little things you can try to get the stiffness out of dead stock um, and sometimes things are so they're just so stiff that like I've tried there's a few pieces we've had where you just can't get them to to soften up naturally on their own they're just kind of permanently <laughs> stuck um, and once again like I said there are going to be some losses when you're buying dead stock especially if you're buying it as a large um, collective whole, you will have some fallout there. So just some things to be aware of. Another important thing to think about is with dead stock. Um, dead stock is not limited to, to clothing. You can also find dead stock in housewares. For example, 
if you were following along um, late last fall with with my um, we did a buy at a local um, abandoned furniture store in Fresno um, that that stuff was dead stock it had never been used it had been sitting abandoned for a long time uh, the furniture had never had never been used a lot of it still had tags a lot of the um, cushions and stuff we bought still had tags so don't think of dead stock just as um, just as clothing I mean there's plenty of people out there who buy dead stock a lot of things lots of things on eBay you know I I remember one of the coolest things I ever sold that was dead stock and I didn't find it on eBay but um back in Pennsylvania where I used to live there was a Habitat for Humanity um, store that started out as just furniture but then they added clothing and accessories and housewares and stuff and I got an old display of pins they were spinner pins um, and I had that's probably like the fastest I've ever sold anything um, they were like different sayings it was like happy birthday to a guy who and they were like some of them were super kind of like pervy, you know, to a guy who's like a real stud, to a guy who's horny, and it's really bizarre. Um, but it had like a spinner thing that you could set the the word to, and there were like birthday ones. There was one that was like, I love school, but I hate, and it was like the teachers studying, and I don't know, they were bizarre, but they were, it was like an actual display, and um I bought the whole display and all the pins and it was so cool to find that because it was like literally something that had been in somebody's store at one point in time and I found more lots like that afterwards like little um I remember when I was little like little earrings like uh like puppies and ice cream cones I'm sure if if you're around my age like you were a child of like the late 80s early 90s you remember those like little cheapy earrings I unfortunately couldn't wear because my ears hated them I have very sensitive ears. Well, I did back then, but um, that was a popular thing. So after I bought these spinner pins and I went back to that store, I ended up finding like even more stuff. So um, once again, dead stock doesn't necessarily have to be clothing. It could be housewares. It could be accessories, um, shoes as well. We've been fortunate to find some really cool lots of dead stock shoes. Now, the, the biggest issue you run into a dead stock shoes is the um the soles which there is a company in la that is actually they resole the vintage nikes um which obviously that's like arts bread and butter that's not really my thing but um there is a company that does that and it's really cool because it gives the shoes a new life i found a really cool pair in the warehouse of nike they were i think they were called utah um it was like a hiking shoe hiking sneaker hybrid and they were like gray and purple and aqua and I wore them on a lake trip and I was like walking and all of a sudden I thought I had stepped on something you know like your foot feels when you step on something <laughs> but it was the sole of the shoe was just flopping off the bottom and luckily it was like right before I left but I'm like oh my god I ended up just throwing them away because they had really bad dry rot um dry rot does affect sushi shoe soles as well um so unfortunately those were kind of a loss for me but at least i got i got one use out of them and they looked super cute um but just know that shoes you can find a lot of dead stock shoes those are just one thing you definitely want to um inspect before you buy Okay, I am going to pause now um, because Art is going to read the winners of the the Baz Grant 
Um, we do have multiple winners. We decided on three winners. We did a first, second, and third place. He's just busy at the moment. So I am going to pause recording right now and I will come back with him in a little bit to announce the winners. He was very emphatic on he being the one to do this and not me. <laughs> so we'll be back in a little bit. Hang on. All right, guys, I'm back with Art, and we are here to announce the winners of the Baz Grant. First off, we'd like to thank everyone for their submissions and participation. And I'm going to leave it to Art to announce the winners. Go ahead, Art. Yes, I want to say thank you as well. We actually had over 30 people put in some really wonderful ideas and, and some great things that they're doing to educate their clients as well as their friends. So I've decided to give a prize to every single person who submitted and everybody who is not technically one two or three will be getting one hundred dollars whether they like that as cash or credit with us either way works i just appreciate the effort that you put into doing and submitting it so it was almost impossible to pick just one winner so we decided to go with three that really stood out and are really making an impact in different ways but still making an impact and that's the beauty of vintage and as well as anything you do you can make an impact without and sustainability of course sustainability yes so without further ado is that a drum roll yeah oh very good third place can you read my handwriting i cannot is michelle michelle from black sands vintage in seattle congratulations michelle so you will be getting $250 to be Venmoed, PayPal, or as credit. Into, you don't have to go into the details. It's <laughs> all right. fine. I explained all that previously. Oh, you did. Sorry. Okay. Second place, drum roll. <laughs> no, you can't read that. That's a J. Jess. Jess from Miss Master's Closet in New York City. Okay. Congratulations. You'll Congratulations, be receiving. Jess. $500 to help you with your seamstress work and all kinds of other things that you've got. I really loved reading your letter. It was wonderful. Yes. And first place goes to Natasha from the Consistency Project, also from New York City. Uh, great job, Natasha. Very, very proud of you very proud of everybody who submitted thank you for taking the time to do this and i didn't want to leave anybody out so that's why everybody gets something i'm feeling like oprah you get a hundred you get a hundred everybody gets a hundred i think she was giving people uh, cars I, ca I can't give cars unless they yeah. want hot wheels <laughs> i love oprah a, a generous woman oh yeah all right thank you guys so much for your participation we hope to do this again um absolutely if you I, didn't participate this time don't feel discouraged um i feel like i gave everybody a decent amount of time to get their their uh, entries in so yeah we extended it by a week even yeah yeah so okay well awesome guys that is it for now here at my best vintage life so in the meantime stay healthy stay sane stay safe and stay happy stay happy and don't be basic. Bye. Bye.